Well, as I mentioned earlier, uh, today is going to be a little bit different to our normal Sunday sermon. Uh, we're still going to hear from the scriptures, but rather than work our way through the passage uh, or look at a particular topic, we're going to do three things. First up, uh, we'll share with you what we've uh, heard from you in our listening sessions uh, over the last few weeks. Then we'll talk a little bit about the situation uh, from our perspective as ministers and elders and staff. And finally, we'll reflect on what the scriptures teach us uh, to help us reflect on what we've heard and to inform where we're going to go from here. Uh, but first, if you're new or you've missed a few Sundays, we just want to bring you up to speed on what has been happening. Okay, so we're a church uh, with a mission to grow a church community where knowing Jesus and loving people changes lives for the glory of God. Uh, Pre-COVID, we had three Sunday services with around 220 people attending each week. Uh, Last year, COVID hit and we had to close in-person services and we ran only online services for around nine months, uh, for four months, sorry, not nine months, <laughs> uh, four months. Uh, when we came back in person, we went from three to two services uh, at two new times but kept the online service. Uh, we've been back now for almost a year and while it's been wonderful to be with one another in person, it's also had its challenges. Yeah, so about six weeks ago, uh, we announced that Matt and myself would be visiting all of our growth groups between us. Uh, we did this in order to listen to how you feel like church is going, and um, what your experience of church life has been through COVID and since we've returned to meeting in person. Uh, Matt and I were successful in visiting every growth group, and we've also heard from a number of people who couldn't be there on the day via email or a separate conversation. Uh, so in these listening sessions, we asked eight questions. Uh, they are, how do you feel like we've been doing with our church uh, mission statement in regards to knowing Jesus, loving people, and changing lives? What could we do more of to do this better? And what do we feel like is not going so well? We also asked you what we could start doing, what we could stop doing, and what we should change. And then finally, we asked you, what are some positives in your experience since being back at in-person uh, services? And what's been some challenges in your experience since then? Uh, Through these questions, we've heard from 100 uh, church members that represent uh, everyone from our youngest adults to through our kids' church teachers, our young families, our old families, our singles, married, seniors, our ministry leaders and our newest members. Uh, It's been a really great thing uh, for James and I personally to get to all the groups and hear as uh, many people as we've had. Uh, We've heard stories of joy and thankfulness and stories of loss and grief Uh, as we've been through so many changes over the last 12 months. Uh, Some that were thrust upon us, and some that were the product of our own planning and choosing. Uh, We've learned a lot. We've heard about uh, the stuff that you think we're doing well. We've heard about where you think we've made mistakes, and we've heard uh, heard your support of your support and your love for us, uh, even if some of you are angry or disappointed. Yeah, so first up, we just want to thank you for sharing so openly and honestly with us. Um, we love this place so much, and it's been terrific to hear from many of you how much you love it as well. We've also loved hearing about your cares and concerns, not just for Gosford PC, but also for the work of Christ's kingdom uh, and all that we've been called into as the people of God. So overall, uh, there's been lots of differing experiences over the past year, and so we just want to give you a snapshot of some of the most common highs and lows that we've heard from you as we've asked you questions. Okay, so kid spots are great. Apparently, unanimously, uh, everyone thinks that's awesome. COVID restrictions are really annoying and depressing. Everyone thinks that. Uh, Especially when we can't sing. Uh, The youth band is super encouraging. Uh, Restrictions mean you can't even get to chat with everyone who's at church. Uh, The online service quality has gotten better and better. Uh, Fellowship has been harder. Uh, There is a better mix of generations at the early service. Uh, We don't get to see the kids in the main service and, and the whole families relating to one another. 
Yeah, uh, others are seeing people in person is great, but it's hard to welcome new people because you don't know who's new and who's from a different congregation. Uh, the continuation of the hymn at 9am has been really good, but hey, maybe more hymns would be better. Uh, my teens are being nurtured in their faith and growing. My teens are lost on Sundays. Uh, the listening sessions have been really good. There hasn't been enough communication from the ministers about what's happening in church. Growth group by Zoom has become a really helpful option, uh, but we don't get to see people in person as much. Uh Love the new service times, hate the new service times. Uh, Not having night church means some people can't get to church because of health issues or work issues. Uh, In kids' church, we've had more teaching time and relational time with the kids. Uh, Doing both services in kids' church is a lot of teaching and relational time with the kids, and we don't get to see anyone outside of kids' church. Uh, The cleaning sucks and is unnecessary. Uh, It's been so good to see more people serving, especially the youth. So you can see, there's been a real range of experiences, uh, but some common themes did come through strongly. So we're going to share with you some of the major themes that came out and the lessons that we've learned from you, and after that we'll talk about some issues that were raised by a few people which they felt very strongly about and what we and which we uh, want to acknowledge. So with regards to uh, knowing Jesus, uh, we've learned that you guys really value and appreciate the Bible teaching here. Uh, there was an almost universal appreciation of the uh, continued quality of the Bible teaching at church, including both the Sunday sermon and midweek growth group material. Uh, people have also been really appreciative of the online midweek devotional material that, uh, that I've been doing. Uh, there is a, a general sense that as we've continued through COVID and returned to meeting in person, we've been faithful in preaching God's word clearly and truthfully. Uh, some people are concerned that the sermons don't hit with the youth at times, uh, but others feel that as though... Uh, there has been an improvement in our preaching for ESL members and visitors, uh, though there's still work to do. So on the whole, the feedback with regards to uh, the knowing Jesus part of our mission uh, is very positive. Yeah. It was in the category of loving people that the church on the whole uh, has felt like there's been the biggest shift in the last 12 months. So one of the biggest and most consistent things that you spoke to us about was missing a sense of community here at church. Uh, COVID restrictions have shaped how we've had to do church for almost 12 months now, and there were multiple people that spoke about how, while it's been great to be back together in person, the experience of being questioned at the front door when you come in, face masks, social distancing, the awkwardness of not knowing where other people were with their COVID comfort levels, and the initial need for us to get out of the building quickly after the service and clean the building, has resulted for some of you at times for church feeling cold, impersonal, and empty over the last year. And while COVID has been recognised as the primary culprit behind these problems, there have been other challenges that have resulted from the move to two services, particularly a lack of knowledge about who is in which service and a felt loss of getting to see certain people in church regularly when previously that was pretty easy and convenient for everyone. Yeah, so the the loss of community has been sad for everyone, uh, especially because before COVID, uh, there was a very strong sense that this was a particularly loving, friendly and welcoming community. Uh, for some, it's gone beyond sadness into grief, and that's led to feelings of anger and disappointment, mainly about the changes that we've imp- implemented to service times. Uh, it's interesting and encouraging, though, that while people were saddened by their own church experience and the fact that it wasn't what it had been, most of their concerns were for others, uh, not themselves. Uh, many people mentioned that uh, lots of people had not come back uh, to church and were concerned about the impact that changes were having on people who are older uh, or who are other people's kids or so-and-so who I haven't seen for a while. Now, as we'll come back to in a moment, there's good ev- evidence that uh, the problems might not be quite as bad as the concerns, but uh, it is good 
it's a good sign that so many of you uh, were other people-centred in your concerns. Even though uh, we couldn't all be together as we were before, the community love and concern for one another was still there, just showing up in a different way. You guys have never stopped caring for one another. And lastly, on the mission statement elements with regards to changing lives, uh, we've learned that you guys really value outreach and are keen to get it going again. We had multiple people express the concern that we'd stop running those ministries that explicitly reached out to the community to tell people about Jesus and all that he's done for us. And there was sorrow about the impact that COVID has had on our ESL ministry, and there was a sense that we need to start our other outreach ministries like Connect and Conversations so that we can get back to our responsibility to proclaim Christ here on the Central Coast. And alongside this, there was a concern that we weren't doing a good job welcoming new people into church compared to pre-COVID times. There were some other uh, matters mentioned as well, but we think that those uh, that report sort of captures the major concerns for people. Now, before we move on to how things sit from our perspective, uh, we want to share two things that came up very strongly from a few people, uh, but still enough people for us to pay attention. Uh, you might relate to these things, and it might be that some share this sentiment but didn't uh, express it, but because there were some that felt this very strongly, uh, we wanted to acknowledge it. The first is the strong disappointment that a few people continue to feel that before the elders and ministers made the decision to merge the three services into two, that there wasn't enough consultation done with the congregation before such a major decision. Uh, We'll talk about that in a moment, uh, but firstly we just want to acknowledge uh, that sentiment. Yeah, and the second point is that there's about 10% of people that really want to return uh, to the previous service model of a more traditional service in the morning, one bigger family-style service, and night church. Uh, these people have really felt like the new service times don't suit their family well, that the service merger uh, is now the primary reason, the community is not as good as it was, and they worry that we've lost people because of this. Uh, for some of you, the change has been really difficult, and we want to acknowledge uh, the, the challenge that's been and respect that you much prefer things the way that they were before, even though, as we're going to explain, we still feel like this is the best way to go forward. Okay, so that wraps up uh, our sharing with you, all of you, what we've heard from our listening sessions. Uh, We're now going to switch to a time of sharing with you guys our reflections on where things are at. And the first thing that we want to do is acknowledge a couple of things that we could have done differently. As we listened, uh, we've been learning and we recognise that we've added to some of the negatives that have been felt in church uh, the first thing that we've really learned through these listening sessions is that our experience of church as ministers and staff in particular uh, is a very different experience for people coming into church uh, as lay people. Uh, one anecdote will serve to make this point, hopefully. Uh, several uh, months ago, we sat at a staff meeting and asked if we should restart morning tea. Uh, it had gotten a little bit un- unweirdly before COVID and changes were needed but uh, restrictions had eased to the point that we could do a modified version and we decided we didn't need to. Our staff roles uh, meant that we were, when we returned to meeting people in person, uh, our experience was very similar to pre-COVID. Uh, we were chatting to about the same number of people as we always had. We were busy getting things organised and we didn't uh, feel the need for morning tea because we often didn't have any ourselves. Uh, so, well... So many of you told us uh, to bring morning tea back in the uh, listening sessions, and uh, boy, you were right. (laughs) So so two weeks ago, we brought morning tea back, and uh, it's made, I think, such a great difference. Yeah, we we were wrong. We just hadn't appreciated the gap between our experience as staff on a Sunday versus you coming in here to hear God's word, and then uh, just having to quickly leave and not really feeling like you had a chance to love God's people and be loved on yourself. And we're really sorry for not appreciating the gap, and we're learning from this experience, and we're working hard to make the changes necessary uh, to diminish that. Uh, for you guys. 
Uh, next up, uh, we want to acknowledge that we haven't been communicating with you guys anywhere near enough about all the conversations uh, we've been having as ministers, staff and elders. Uh, even our ministry team leaders haven't been kept in the loop enough about what's been happening. Uh, we'll, while we've looked into Term 3 and seen it as the time for all sorts of changes and for things to get up and running uh, and a hope for all sorts of great ministry stuff, you guys have been coming into Sunday seeing little change. Uh, you, quite reasonably, had a growing sense of concern that things weren't getting better. Uh, that's totally fair and uh, understandable. Again, hopefully one anecdote uh, will make the point. So many people said uh, to us, there are lots of people who haven't come back in person. We understand how your experience of coming in and out of church without getting to talk to many people could give this impression. Yeah, but as we've tracked the stats, um, we can say honestly that this isn't true. Uh, the same issues that have caused you to not know if someone is new in church or from a different congregation has meant that it's been hard for you guys just coming in each week uh, to understand the big picture like those who have been on staff and monitoring the stats and checking things out. There's a handful of people who haven't been able to come back at all for health concerns, scheduling classes, clashes or personal issues, and a smaller group who are unlikely to come back at all. But in the weeks leading up to the Queen's birthday weekend, however, we've had our highest numbers yet post-COVID. An average of over 200 people, including our awesome kids, attended across the two services on those Sundays. That's not far off our pre-COVID numbers. We need to continue to care for and reach out to those who haven't been back yet, but the vast majority of people are back in person at church, even if it's not every week. And for those who aren't yet, uh, we've been in touch with them, almost all of them. That's tried to get in contact with every single person on our members list. We know that there are some of you who join us every week online, and we're really, really glad that you can participate with us that way. Nonetheless, the reason that you guys don't know that most people are back at church is our fault. We haven't communicated well enough with you about where we're at and what the future holds, and we're truly sorry for that. And again, we're working on fixing that. Having acknowledged those things, uh, we want to really briefly tell you the story of the last 12 months from our perspective, uh, including a reminder about why we made the change to go to two services, and while we remain convinced uh, that this is the best path for us going forward. So here goes. At the end of 2019, uh, the elders of uh, this church, Gosford PC, had some serious discussions about what to do with our night church service and about the continued growth that we were experiencing at our 945 service. Night church wasn't moving in the direction that we wanted to, and while uh, it was loved by a small group of people, leading it was taking a toll on James and myself, uh, and it wasn't achieving what we wanted it to. We had uh, chats with some families about moving to the service to try and revitalise it, but the timing wasn't right for them. 9.45, meanwhile, was going really well, and we were beginning to face the potential that we would hit our space and parking limits. Uh, We were already hitting the comfort space capacity level, which we believed could hinder growth sooner rather than later. So we began 2020 with the issue of what to do with night church and what to do with the good problems we were facing in our 945 service. And then COVID hit and that changed everything. Yeah, we had an intense season of trying to figure out how to do church online and all the uncertainty of those early months while everyone, including our own families, adjusted to homeschooling and changed work conditions. When things settled and the possibility of beginning in-person services became real, we had to make a choice. Do we try to return to how things were, uh, and you know, even though we knew that wasn't immediately possible with COVID and which were problematic in the ways that Matt just mentioned, or do we bite the bullet and make the changes we believe were needed uh, to make to make uh, the best case for long-term health and sustainability? 
Again, do we go through the long process of working through COVID restrictions and then another change program at some indeterminate uh, time in the future when no one was going to want to do it, or do we make the changes in one move? As you all know, we bit the bullet and made the changes we believe needed to be made. Now, ideally, and we confess this freely, we would have had, it would have been better if we had more time to consult with people and give people more time to prepare for the change. But the desire to return to in-person services was strong and there was an urgency to the situation. And we made what we still believed to be the best call that we could in the situation we were in. We thought long and hard about our options and considered different ideas and church growth resources. We read a lot. We looked at a, different, uh, a bunch of different philosophies out there, which in, and we included Ash and Allison in the decision as well as the elders. And we remained convicted that this was the best decision for us. So, where are we now? And where are we going? We now have two services that are legitimately multi-generational, both with kids' church and both with incredible potential. Uh, our sense of intimacy in community has definitely definitely taken a hit, uh, but, and we believe this, uh, it's entirely rebuildable. The effect of COVID restrictions is hard to overstate. If we'd made the decision to have morning tea sooner and made some of the other changes that are going to happen be happening sooner rather than later, things would be better already. Uh, we're sorry again for our missteps that have held things back. But uh, we've been learning and we can start to move forward. Uh, there has been a tangible sense of community returning over the last couple of weeks. It's been really good, and we can expect a growing sense of intimacy, even with the possibility of COVID restrictions hitting us from time to time. While we still have work to do, our sense of relationships, our bond with the congregations we're in, our ability to welcome new people, our kids' relationships, and the sense of energy which many of us have missed we'll be able to be recovered and grow greater than before. And a lot of that stuff is going to come from the suggestions that you guys have made in the listening sessions that we're looking to implement. The return of name tags and updated directly for the two services, more time for chatting on Sundays, having the kids return to the main space, uh, the restart of Connect and conversations in Term 3. These are just some of the things that are going to happen uh, soon in order to regain, regain what we've lost and to grow again. And finally, just before we look at some scripture to finish off with, uh, we just want to say that we understand the time, this time has been difficult and hard, but that's also a normal part of church life, and that's a good thing for us to remember. There are people here today in this place who were here when uh, this congregation first moved into this building uh, before the renovations took place. And let me tell you, I've seen the photos, it didn't look like this. While it was being renovated, uh, you guys who were here met in a cold school hall for six months with limited resources and no morning tea. People and families put up with difficult conditions and made the best of what they had in order to renovate this place and turn it into the awesome ministry hub that it is today with church, growth groups, ESL, youth, kids, stuff, and more and more community groups coming into this space during the week all the time. Maybe you've been welcomed into this space by people who've been through these challenges. The truth is that every generation of Christians are called to toil in order to bless others. The truth is that in this modern world, some of us will come and go for good reasons and for bad, but while we're here, as members of this place, we build together for the love of neighbour and the love of Christ that drives all that we do. This is what Gospel PC has always done and will continue to do. We toil to bless one another, bearing one another's burdens, so that future generations may be blessed by the endurance that we have now. God willing, we'll have a term calendar for you guys on uh, the last week of the school holidays. Uh, Connect and Conversations on the Coast will be back in Term 3. And with that in mind, we want to share just a few thoughts from the Bible that still shape our thinking and what we'll be doing, as well as letting you know what's going to be happening in Term 3. 
There's also a new course planned to dovetail in with conversations uh, on the coast that will look to explain Christianity in a clear and helpful way over a number of weeks uh, during the term. If you want to hear what's happening in Kids Church, uh, you can stick around for the Kids Church meeting straight after this service. To finish up uh, now though, let's briefly look at a passage in 2 Corinthians, uh, chapter 4, verses 7 to 17, and James is going to read that. Yeah. It says, 2 Corinthians 4, chapter 7, to verse 18. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it's a letter written by the Apostle Paul. And uh, in this letter... He's writing to the early church in Corinth at the time. His desire is for the believers there to be grounded in the reality and the goodness that Jesus is in them and among them. Uh, He wants to comfort them with this reality and to remind them of how good that is, that it is a treasure. As he describes there in verse 7 of chapter 4, he describes... uh, knowing Jesus and having Jesus with us and in us as a treasure. And this is the treasure that God's placed in us who believe in Jesus. This knowing Jesus is a gift. It's the gift of God being in us and with us and among us, here and now in this life and forever in the life to come. This is a precious treasure beyond compare. Yeah, which brings us to the second thing. Knowing Jesus is a treasure worth clinging to no matter what. No matter what struggles might come along in this life, as we get around in these crumbling bodies, these jars of clay, as Paul calls them here in verse 4, we cling to Jesus and grow to know him more and more, and we know that that's worth it. Even as it gets hard, especially if it's hard because of the choices that we make precisely for Jesus' sake. Because the sufferings that God's plan for us are to grow our faith and to help us know Jesus more and more and to live with him more and more in all that we do which is the thrust of Paul's experience there in verses 10 to 12. In fact, he says from verse 17 that our troubles are the way that God grows our hope in Jesus there in verse 17, where it says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Paul's not saying that our troubles are insignificant or unimportant, and we really hope that today you haven't heard us try to dismiss your troubles or the challenges that you guys have been facing particularly those troubles that come along um, with choosing to to live for Jesus and be a part of this place. Paul's saying that our troubles are God's means to drive us to greater faith and hope in Jesus, in whom we have the hope of the new heavens and the new earth. Where there, there'll be no more death and suffering and decay. 
only the best, most wonderful life with Jesus forever, which is a way heavier, way more glorious way than our present troubles. So knowing Jesus is a treasure worth clinging to, no matter what. Which brings us to our third and final thing. Knowing Jesus is a treasure worth sharing, even at cost to ourselves. Clearly Paul, the Apostle Paul, was convinced of this as he sought to commend his work, the work of of gospel ministry, uh, the work of clearly setting forth the truth about Jesus, the work of making Jesus known, known for the sake of those who will believe and be saved, and known for the sake of those who have have already believed, to see them transformed more and more into the likeness of Jesus. And his confidence that this would happen was in God's power, working in and through the gospel as he made it known. Which is why, for the sake of making Jesus known, Paul's confident that no matter how pressed, how perplexed, how persecuted, how struck down he is, that he will not lose hope, as he says in verses 7 to 12. He won't save himself from the trouble. No, instead he'll, he'll die to his own wants and desires to live for making Jesus known. And he does this trusting that it's the same spirit who enables us to believe in Jesus, who also enables us to speak for Jesus and speak of him and share of him. Verse 13 is uh, quite amazing where Paul writes this. He says, with the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. Uh, Along with Paul, we know the one who raised Jesus from the dead, which means we know he'll also raise us with Jesus into his very presence. With Jesus, God is in us and with us and among us. We have this treasure And for Paul, this treasure was such that he was prepared to share it, even though it cost him, because he saw it was to others' benefit. So verse 15, he writes, All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Paul saw that sharing Jesus flows from believing in Jesus and that sharing Jesus is the the benefit of others coming to know God's grace in Jesus to the glory of God. And I'm sure, along with Paul, that we'd all say that this is worth it, even though it costs us. Jesus is a treasure worth clinging to and sharing. This is what shapes our thinking here at Gospel PC. This is why we're keen to work together, mindful that although it might be at cost to ourselves, indeed precisely as it costs us, that knowing Jesus and making him known more and more together is worth it. And that we can have great confidence, as Paul did, that while we do this, do our best together, mindful that we're jars of clay, full of weakness and limitations in this life, that nonetheless, as we strive together to know Jesus more and to make him known more, we can trust that God's all-surpassing power will be at work among us. And with that in mind, let's pray together. Let's ask God that he'll be with us as we seek to move forward for the sake of his mission in this place, even though it costs us, even though it's hard at times, and that we'd be willing to do it for his glory. Join me now. Father God, we thank you so much for Jesus. And we thank you for the precious gift that knowing him is to us. 
We thank you, Father, that in you we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. We thank you that in Christ all that we need is given to us. That even in the face of persecution, even in the face of being perplexed, even in the face of being crushed, Lord, that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Father, that we are struck down but not destroyed. Lord, we confess it has been hard. It has been a long road uh, through COVID, and we continue to see cases popping up and know, Father, that this, there is some time yet uh, before we were able to put this behind us. And so, Lord, we cry out to you, asking for your spirit to help us keep clinging to Jesus as we count the cost of what we've lost, as we grieve what we've lost. And, Father, some things we won't be able to get back, but others, Father, we know you're going to use and take and grow and make more and more for your glory. So, Lord, we're going to see more people come into this place, and we cry out, Father, desperately that your Holy Spirit would be at work in our friends and our family who don't know you, that, Father, you would give us boldness and a willingness to proclaim everything that Jesus has done for us in order that people might know and believe, that they might repent and come and join your kingdom and know you like we do. We're so thankful for it, and we pray, Father, that you'd be at work in our church to give us uh, an overwhelming sense of purpose and desire to see people know you as we hit term three and we get back into doing all sorts of things to reach out to the Central Coast community around us so that people might know Jesus just like we do. And we pray, Father, that as we do this, that you would sustain us and give us everything that we need to live for your glory in all that we say and do. And we thank you for this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.